What's going on, everyone? This is Realtor Joe Simona, and thanks for tuning in to this episode of Your Cup of Joe. For those of you that didn't know this about me, one of the things that's been near and dear to my heart is mental health and the lack of awareness, and but there's a presence of help out there. Today, I'm uh, very honored to have Stephanie with Hope in Counseling with me. Stephanie, if you want to introduce yourself and uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Um, my name is Stephanie Nofar. I have a private practice. It's called Hope in Counseling. Um, we have about eight therapists there. We deal with anything from anxiety and depression to like marriage and family, addictions, things like that. So we do everything. We help with everything. <laughs> sure. So one of the things that I did for a little while, and I would love to get back uh, to doing is going to city council and township board meetings to bring out awareness about how much people need help when it comes to mental health. And mental health does not always necessarily mean the extreme, mm -hmm. although it could. Um, but mental health can also be like what you said, like addiction or whatever, whatever it may be. And one of the biggest issues is, from what I understand and from my research, is people actually admitting that they need help. And it's not necessarily that they're admitting that, uh, that they have an issue with admitting that because, you know, they're too prideful, but they may think that not many people care about your problems. Like, oh, what does, you know, what does this person care about my problems? Well, because we're human beings and, mm -hmm. and we care about people. So tell us about like some of the, some of the things that people don't necessarily in people who are not familiar with mental health don't associate with a mental health disorder. What are some of the things and tell us why people should reach out and don't feel ashamed. So I think that also I think people think that they have to have like some extreme thing going on in their life to even want to get help. But it could be just daily life. It could be daily stresses. It could be just adjusting to, you know, whether it's marriage, a new job, kids, whatever it might be. And it doesn't have to be like this debilitating depression. It doesn't have to be this anxiety where you're having anxiety attacks every day. Um, it could just be that you need this like third party person that is outside of your life that can listen to you, that can help you. And a common misconception is that therapists give advice. We really don't. What we do is we help you help yourself, you know, so really you are the expert in that session. I'm not. I am listening to you and I'm, I'm giving it back to you and I'm helping you to get to that point where you can make a decision on how to go about something or how to help yourself because you're, it's your life. I don't know what um, you know coping skills may or may not work, but I'm gonna give them to you and we're gonna try them and we're gonna try to make it fit your life. So I think that's a common misconception. I think um, we're starting to get better. You know, I think that in general, people are getting better about admitting that, you know, and I think at some point people just didn't know that that's something that they can come to counseling for. So I think now people are a lot more open to that. And um, we're getting a lot more people that you know, said, I would never, ever go see a counselor. I would never go get help. 
Um, and they're, and they're willing to try it now. And I always say like, what do you have to lose? We scroll on, on social media for hours a day. You give me one hour of your time for you for, to better yourself. Like, why not? You know? So I think that like people are a lot more open about it now. And I think that it's a great thing because again, it's, it could just be very minimal things, or it could be that you're having anxiety, you're having panic attacks. You know, you're not able to get out of bed because of depression or, you know, things like that where we can help with that also because you might not be able to get to those, you know, to the the coping skills that you need by yourself because you're in a state of panic. You're in a state of depression and you can't expect that your brain is going to do what it needs to do, basically. So that's where we come in. Sure. Depression doesn't necessarily mean the worst of it. Mm -mm. Um, as far as, you know, I can't get out of bed, you know, I, I want you guys to, to tell me how to help myself, which mm -hmm. is what, what you do. Yeah. It could be, you know, like, Hey, I don't know if I'll be successful. So what's the point of getting out of bed early? Absolutely. You know, so it's also, uh, it be situational also, you know, um, a lot of depression is situational. And once we can get through that situation, that event, um, that time in our life, it might go away on its own, but a lot of times we need that little extra oomph. Yeah, no, that that's for sure. I read a statistic a while ago, and it said that in the state of Michigan specifically, it had one of the worst, like, student and counselor ratios in the country as far as uh, school counselors. I think it said, like, the second worst in the entire country is is it really that bad compared to other states? Is I'm not sure about other states, but I do know that Michigan is is not very good with that. We don't have a good ratio, um, and that's like budgeting, budget cuts, you know, all this stuff that's happening within schools. Um, we don't have enough support. I mean, even on even in like a psychiatric um stance like we don't have enough psychiatrists we don't have enough psychiatric nurse practitioners there's like a six to eight week waiting list for someone to get medication to go see a, a professional to get medication you know we are fortunate enough that we've been able to hire enough people where you know if you were to call my office today you can probably get in with the next within the next two weeks for therapy but if you need medication it's going to take a while and that's where like the more extreme things are happening, right? If you need medication, you're obviously very depressed. You're obviously like having some kind of breakdown and there's just not enough practitioners out there. It's crazy. Is in general, the cost to treat mental illness on a national level, I, you know, the, the cost to treat mental health on a national level I, I've read that it's not that expensive to treat mental health. I will um, tell you, we all in this field do not do it for the money <laughs> because we don't get paid a lot um, for what we do and how much time we spend with people. We don't. But I will say that insurance companies, that's where like the real like we all need to be fighting that is that insurance companies need to start covering more mental health services because they're not understanding that someone who has depression or anxiety may also show up to a an emergency room thinking that they're having a heart attack you having to follow up with someone because they think that they're having a heart attack is way more expensive than paying for therapy 
to have them, you know, reduce those symptoms of anxiety. And I guess like to me, it's strange to me that insurance companies are not seeing that, but that's where we really need the help is like, we need more coverage for this. So if people don't have assistance in paying for therapy or, you know, if they have to go more often and things like that, then it becomes very difficult for them. That's definitely understandable. And it's definitely sad to see that sometimes people don't get the help that they need. And yes, this, this is something that we, you know, need to deal with, with the, uh, insurance companies. I've talked to, you know, uh, members in, in legislation mm -hmm. that, Hey, we, we need to do something about mental health. And I'm a firm believer that whether religious in nature or not, that faith is important. Just mm -hmm. have a, have a belief in yourself. Although Absolutely. I take my, you know, my religion's very near and dear to me, but have faith in yourself. You know, don't, don't give up on yourself and it doesn't matter. You know, have faith in yourself and it, it's not, you know, dependent on, oh, and it doesn't necessarily matter if you're battling, you know, bad thoughts uh, or if you're battling, you know, an addiction. Mm -hmm. Just believe in yourself, at least. That's Absolutely. that's one form of uh, that's one form of and faith. That's our job is to increase that, you know, the faith in yourself, the belief that you can you can conquer all of these things because you can. And maybe you might need a little bit of help from us or help from a doctor or whatever it might be. But in the end, you really can do it yourself. You know, like we just help you get there, you know, and I, and I think that like our country needs way more, you know, and if it's like a kid getting bullied again, just having that support, those resources for that person or have resources and, and support for the person who is being who is bullying them. You know, all of these things make such a big difference. Like as a, a, a whole, we need to all come together and see that there is an issue and we need to help each other. Sure. And I, we do need to do that. And we all do need to come together and we do need to help each other. One of the questions is, let's say somebody is maybe not the best communicator and has a friend or has a family member that is battling any form of a mental health issue. Mm -hmm. What do you recommend as far as approaching the person that is battling that issue? Me, I would think that I can adapt pretty well to, to know how to talk to uh, people in certain situations mm -hmm. and pick up on, you know, characteristics that, yeah. that they may uh, be in tune with. Um, others may not be the best communicators. So, what do you recommend? What should someone do if they're not a good communicator, but they suspect somebody is, you know, falling an unfortunate victim of a mental mental health crisis? Yeah, um, I think one is not using the terms of like you need help. I think that that's a very like people get defensive when you say that. So maybe going about it like, hey, like we love you, we care for you, we want the best for you. Um, you know, maybe someone outside of the situation can help you a little bit better than we can. Obviously, being a supportive person to that person, but eventually the support people, they get tired. They don't know what else to say. They don't know what else to do. So then they get discouraged. And then that discourages the per person that who is, 
dealing with this, you know? So it's, it's always good to encourage like help in a not help way, because I think people just feel like, well, if you're telling them that they need help, then that you're telling them that they're weak and they're absolutely not weak, but they might just not be able to help themselves in that moment. So reminding them of their strength, reminding them of all of the things that they can do, but that they just might not be able to do that right now while they're dealing with this crisis. You know, just being there for them, being a good friend, being a good relative, whatever it might be, um, you know, and just encouraging them and reminding them how, how strong they are because they really are. Just because you are struggling in that moment, in that temporary weakness does not make you a weak person. You know, so just really being there for them and encouraging them and, and, and almost like bringing out the strength in them because it also takes strength to get help. Sure. So that in itself is strength. Sure. What do you say to people who maybe have a difficult time reaching out for help? Um, you know, picture a, there is a good communicator and I've communicated it to somebody. Mm-hmm. But they feel like reaching out for help makes them seem weak. I guess it might be kind of like what you just said about yeah. letting them know, like, hey, you're strong. Uh, and sometimes... And it takes strength to ask for help. Exactly. Yeah. You, you're you're so strong that you want to strengthen yourself. Even and more, the, yeah. Exactly. And the only way to strengthen yourself is to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Or the only way to strengthen yourself is, you know, the only way for you to get stronger is for someone else to help you. I may be able to help you in one regard. Exactly. In my real estate, you know, strengthen your portfolio, mm-hmm. but you are able to help them in the other regards. Correlating it to real estate, have you, is it common? Have you seen it happen where, you know, spouses or families end up needing therapy due to the stress of looking for a home. Right now, yes. It's not just um, spouses and and couples. It's just people, young people who have this goal in their mind that they were going to, you know, get out of school and get a good job and then find a home and they were going to, like, build this life for themselves. And they're not able to because of interest rates, because of housing, you know, the, uh, the prices of things. And so it's very discouraging for people to feel like they're never going to attain these goals that they had or that like, you know, whether it's society or whoever has put on them or themselves that, you know, like this was the goal. This was the idea. This was the the vision, you know, and so they want all of these things and it's really hard to get right now. So it is it's discouraging. Like what's what's um, motivating people to work hard? What's motivating people to go to college? If they can't attain these goals, it's really hard. So a lot of people are falling into that, That and especially for couples and uh, families that are growing. I mean, myself included, I'm having another baby. and Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And we can't find a house at all, you know, that's in a price, in a decent price range, in the location we want, in the school district we want. You know, so it gets very discouraging. It gets very hard because i do real estate (laughs) so does my dad (laughs) um but um but it's hard because on your end you're trying you're trying your very best to find these homes for your clients you know 
And so that's frustrating for real estate agents too, because they want to find that house for their clients. They want to give them that joy. They want to give them that thing, you know, you know, it, it have buying a home is like such a big milestone in people's lives and you get to do that for them, you know? And so it's such a great thing, but it's also very frustrating when you can't find them something they can't, you know, move on with their, you know, their goals. So altogether, it's a very, very frustrating time. Like it's, I think this is the highest anxiety I've seen in like the housing market right now. Sure. Does the same confidentiality that applies to doctors apply to therapists? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's definitely uh, that's definitely good to know. That way, people are like not going to think, oh, I went and told, you know, so-and-so this, and what if so-and-so says that? And, you yeah. know, what if I want to go to somebody that's out of the area so they don't know anybody we know? I always tell people nobody's gossip, nobody's story is worth my license, my practice, the livelihood of all my employees. Like, that would shut me down. I would lose my license. I would lose everything that I've worked so hard for. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure and you would. And, and most most you know, therapists obviously would keep that responsibility Absolutely. of confidentiality very close to them. So we take it very, very, very seriously. That's probably our number one thing that we make sure of. Absolutely. So as we're wrapping up here, I think one of the things that one of the many things that we're taking away from this is to, you know, Keep your head up and know that you are worth it. And whatever storm you are battling, that storm is not permanent. I'm, I'm a believer that if you tell yourself something and if you truly mm -hmm. believe it, it will happen. If you tell yourself you are strong and you could get through this, you will be strong and you will get through that. So set yourself up for success. And I think that's uh, that's what I'm getting from you. It really is important because um, coming to therapy is not going to just do it. It's, I don't have a magic wand. I don't. I, you have to be open to making changes. You have to be open to the idea that you will succeed. If you come in thinking that none, nothing's going to work and your life is never going to change, then it probably won't. You know, I can't convince you of something you have to come in with an open mind, with an open heart and allow us to help you, you know, because you really can do it. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Stephanie, I want to thank you so much for being on thank here you. today. We're going to put your uh, office's contact information yes. down below. Um, and um, thank you so much again for coming out. Everyone want to remind you all that regardless of what it is, be kind and compassionate to others because kindness and compassion is truly what people see as a characteristic of others. Being kind to someone could make or break uh, a situation that they're in. I've had many instances where I've texted people randomly that I really didn't need anything from, and just to say, hey, don't need anything, and I'm thinking about you. So think about those kind gestures and be kind to others because your kindness is definitely a reflection of who you are. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Your Cup of Joe. Stay tuned for the next one.